Welcome, folks, to episode 56 of the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Spoiler warning. Our book up for talk today is Usagi Ojimbo Color Special 3, cover dated September 1992 from Fantagraphics Books. The story specifically that will that, that has my interest is entitled Foxfire. Now, should you feel inclined to leave feedback, you can do that by sending an email to the Usagi Podcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments on the Ronin Rabbit Google Plus page. On Facebook, I always post the episodes on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo. You can leave comments attached to that. Thank you, Steve. And the website is bigtimenoise.com slash Ronin Rabbit, should you feel inclined to comment there. The Big Time Noise site and the Ronin Rabbit podcast are both parts of the Comic Book Noise Network, in turn part of the Deliberate Noise Network. Thank you, podcast grandfather Derek Coward. All right, Usagi Ojimbo Color Special 3. Now, the cover, this, this may be a time when the color was commissioned with just some ideas because... Really, I don't think the cover has much to do with the story that's inside. Um, it's a picture. It's a it's a color picture, but it's colored in a different way than the the inside story. But it's of Usagi completely decked out in armor, standing next to a Tokagi, who one could guess is Spot, decked out in armor. Uh, also, Usagi is carrying his uh, the sashimono of his clan, the banner. Uh, that sticks up out of the back of some uh, soldiers so that they have both hands free. Unlike later uh, military where the banner holder uses one or both hands, he's kind of at the mercy of uh, of those around him to protect him. Now, we get into the story, and Usagi doesn't go into battle. He doesn't wear a sashimono. Uh, he's not accompanied by a tokage, uh, so I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, we do open the story with Usagi... And Tomoyame, which seems to have been pretty standard uh, for these color specials. All three of them so far, I haven't read the fourth one. But the first three have involved stories directly about Usagi and Tomoyame, which is kind of cool. I mean, he's wandering around, so you can't always wander around and have Tomoe uh, in the story as she is attached to Lord Noriyuki, and he is the daimyo of, a, of, a, of an area of the Gaishu clan. So it's, it's kind of cool to see her and, and he there um, perhaps budding romantic relationship. It's kind of hard to tell. I know that uh, Usagi has the young lady that's at his village that he's attached to also. Um, actually uh, Jotaro kind of makes them attached at the hip, but those are other stories waiting to be told. So they're wandering over fields. Oddly enough, both of them have their uh, sokugasa, those uh, conical, I believe this is the right term for it, the conical hats that usually you see peasants wear, wide-brimmed. They're carrying them on one hand. They're carrying them in their hand. And it makes it look kind of like a shield more than a hat. Um, So I guess perhaps the hat can serve as that as well. I don't know how sturdy it is, but they're, they're carrying them around. Tomoe also has a walking stick. They're walking around, and they see in the distance, approaching them quickly, a fox yipping in fear. Uh, 
Mr. Sakai gives us the term kitsune, uh, which is Japanese for fox, or is one of the Japanese terms for fox. Oddly enough, it's also the term of a female character that Usagi recently ran across, the uh, young female that uses the tops in her street demonstrations, and is a pickpocket. Her name is Kitsune. And I guess she is kind of drawn like an anthropomorphic fox, but this is more the normal-looking fox. So it jumps up, and it's it's needing help of some sort, uh, and they both they both realize that. And then it suddenly jumps into and hides in Usagi's clothing. Well, it's moving around, trying to you know settle, trying to hide whatever, and Usagi's kind of uh, fiddling, trying to get the the fox out of his clothes. Uh, Tomoe is standing over to the side, laughing, giggling a little bit. Uh, several hunters approach and ask the duo if they have seen a fox. Usagi is still kind of wiggling, trying to uh, suffering the effects of having a fox running around in his clothes. Tomoe is now laughing rather heartily. They say that no, you know, we we haven't seen a fox. We have no idea. The hunters tell him, "Well, we're looking to kill a fox and and sell parts of it, make a pretty good penny." Usagi says, "Well, I think we did see one run down that way." He's still moving around. The fox is still moving around, and. Tomoe is just beside herself in, in laughter right now. As the hunters run, you know, past, we see them in the distance. The fox kind of pokes its head out of Usagi's tunic, and uh, Tomoe is is still rolling around. She tells Usagi she's never laughed so much, so much her stomach hurts. And the fox jumps out and goes on its way a little bit, and then turns around and watches as Tomoe and Usagi walk walk away, you know, continue their journey. So they're continuing on, and and we see uh, this is an opportunity for Tomoe to tell us a little bit about Japanese legends of foxes. She said, uh, they're guardians of the rice crops and messengers of Inari, the god of harvest, and they're also notorious tricksters. They say when a fox reaches a hundred years, its spirit can possess a person causing insanity. It can also shape change at will, and at the age of 1,000, it turns golden, grows nine tails, and gains great wisdom. Usagi says, wow, this must have been a young fox then, because it only had one tail, and kind of laughs it off. Starts to rain. They put the uh, sukugasa on their heads, uh, as as I'm you know more used to seeing them, as the hats. Wandering around, looking for shelter, they see a, a house here across a, a little uh, a plain and they walk up to the house, ask for entrance, and a big-eyed, friendly, anthropomorphic fox enters, uh, or answers the door, excuse me, and says, Enter Samurai and be my guest. Tomoe says, Thank you. Usagi seems suddenly uh, be, be, uh, be, uh, be taken, uh, uh, suddenly, um, yeah, the word just absolutely escapes me. Besodden? Uh, no, that doesn't seem like the word. Uh, taken by her. He, he's got big eyes and his mouth is agape and there's an exclamation point. Like, uh, suddenly taken by her beauty or something like that. So Tomoe is undressing, taking off her shoes. Uh, Usage and the young lady of the house, who we find is named Kuzunoa, uh, are getting rather friendly. She has made them some. Uh, she has made some dinner and has offered some to them. Usagi is is much uh, enjoying his. Says it's delicious. Whereas we see with the first bite, Tomoe makes this face 
And then we see in a thought bubble, it certainly is. This rice tastes like mud. Uh, because um, Kuzunoa says that it is but poor fare. So she's Tomoe is agreeing with it. Kind of a caddy kind of thing. And, and that's going to go on for the rest of the story. There's this cattiness that emerges uh, from Tomoe as it involves uh, Kuzunoa. So uh, things are, are uh, progressing. Tomoe says that she's going to go out and get some more wood. And Usagi says, uh, in response to her chili, it's perfectly cozy in here. Now eat your food. It will warm your bones. And she thinks, he's not usually so terse. He's behaving strangely. And uh, Kuzunoa uh, inserts herself into the conversation and says, Yes, please enjoy your meal, Lady Tomoe. And Tomoe swivels her head and looks at her and shoots her a glare, and oddly enough, eat it while it's it's still hot, says Kuzunoa, shooting Tomoe the same glare. So, full catness, no, not that kind of catness, is in effect here between the two. Both of them being totally catty, in and around and about Usagi. So they wake up the next day. Usagi is completely refreshed, saying that he's, he can't remember having had a more wonderful sleep. Tomoe says it feels like she slept on rocks and twigs. So she's stretching and, you know, getting ready and, and saying, well, you know, cool. Looks like a good day. Let's let's get started. He's like, go. No, I, I think I'm going to stay here a, a few days, you know, for, for Kuzunoa's kindness. We, we owe her a, a kindness in return and I'm, I'm sure she has something that needs to be done around here so uh, let's hang around here and just you know hook, hook the girl up for a little while and then we'll take off and uh, Tomoe says well if you know if you're wanting to repay her wouldn't a, a few coins do okay and Usagi is insulted it says to give her money would be an insult you don't have to stay but I feel an obligation so Tomoe thinks on it for a minute and says okay well we, we can stay for a little while Usagi, as he's putting his sword in his sash, tells her, you can go or stay. It doesn't make a difference to me. Uh, So there we go. Apparently, Usagi is getting pretty catty, too. Kuzunoa comes up, um, asks Usagi if he would like to accompany her as she goes to fetch some water. As they walk off, Tomoe decides that she's going to follow them just to keep an eye on Usagi because she now, full out, does not trust Kuzunoa. Tomoe catches up with Kuzunoa and Usagi walking along a stream, notices that they have yet to get any water, but more importantly, she sees the reflections of both from the... Uh, she's, she's on one side of the stream, they're on the other. She sees their reflections in the stream, and the reflections in water show the true nature of people. And she sees Usagi and she sees a fox. She does not see a reflection of Kuzunoa as we see her above water. So immediately she realizes something is up. She runs across the stream screaming for Usagi, but they have disappeared. And as she's looking around, she sees a fox running off in the distance and follows the fox Apparently, she follows around, loses the fox. She's gone for several hours. Finally, finds her way back to Kuzanoa's hut and pushes through uh, the the doorway, screaming, Vixen, get away from her, Usagi. She's a fox. You're under her enchantment. And Usagi is surprised. Kuzanoa feigns uh, 
uh, fright, you know, the, the, oh, protect me, my knight kind of thingy and, and hides behind Usagi. Uh, Tomoe starts to unsheath her sword to attack Kuzunoa. Usagi, in his adult mind, takes that as a, an attack on him and or Kuzunoa and starts to draw his sword. Tomoe and Usagi have a confrontation. She tells him to move aside so she can kill the fox. Usagi says, stop. Finally, that you're not welcome here, get out. And to emphasize that he means get out, he draws his sword completely from the scabbard and says, I mean it. Which is interesting because I thought that there was a problem with drawing your sword without blooding it. But he doesn't. Uh, Tomoe retreats, slamming the door behind her. And then Kuzunoa... Uh, runs up to Usagi saying, Oh, Usagi, I was so scared. And we see her uh, visage from behind him, and she has a rather nefarious look on her face. So we cut to Tomoe, who is sitting out a field away from the hut, sitting there watching the hut. It starts to rain, and she's like, Oh, great, that figures. Well, Kuzunoa and Usagi leave in the midst of this rainstorm, no less. Tomoe follows Runs up, uh, finds Usagi standing by himself in this field, yelling for him, yelling for him. No, no response. She sees a couple fields away up on a, on a hillside. She sees fox fires. She was taking Usagi to a fox's gathering, and then suddenly she is attacked from behind by a, a flaming, flying fox kind of apparition. She recognizes and calls it by name Kuzunoa. And the response is, you should have left when you had the chance, Samurai. So now a full battle ensues. Um, Tomoe gets the upper hand basically with a slice to the front of this apparition, which in turn is a slice to the face of the fox. It uh, rematerializes itself as a fox, calling out, Bitch, I'll rip out your liver. She casts the fox, casts some sort of spell that binds... Tomoe, uh, things growing from the ground. I don't know if they're vines or some sort of earthwormy kind of thing. It, it doesn't matter. It, it binds her uh, laid out to the ground here, at which time the fox-assumed shape of Kuzunoa jumps atop her yellow eyes, the new scar across her face that Tomoe has given her. Just as she's about to deliver the finishing bite, as it were, another fox jumps out of nowhere, attacking Kuzunoa, uh, getting her off Tomoe long enough for Tomoe to free herself. She runs up to Usagi and shakes and shakes and finally smacks him one and uh, jars him from the enchantment that he's under. And when, when he comes to himself, they turn to both dispatch the Kuzunoa in fox form, who has now gained the upper hand on their defender fox and she is about to kill the female fox that turns out to be the one that Usagi and Tomoe ran into at the very beginning of the story of course that's why that fox was there and he uh, he has a confrontation with Kuzunoa realizing what has done, been done uh, Kuzunoa realizes that her enchantment will no longer work on Usagi, I guess because it's a, it's a one-off kind of thing, and once you break it, you break it. So he chases after Kuzunoa, but she runs away. 
uh, Usagi and Tomoe realize that there's no reason to chase her. You know, we'll never catch her. So they turn their attention to their defender fox. And meanwhile, we see Kuzunoa is running, uh, running through the woods, over the valley and through the wood, or you know, something like that. Stands up on a on a perch here, says, "I'll get my fellows and we'll return to slay them and leave their carcasses for the crows." And suddenly, an arrow thunk right through the heart, kills her. And we see those hunters and the one says, ha, did you see that? I got her. We should get a good price for that one. So there you go. Kuzunoa got hers, finally. So Usagi and Tomoe with this other fox in tow uh, needs to help her. She's been severely mauled. It's raining, so they're looking for shelter. They head back towards the hut that they found Kuzunoa in and see that it, instead of being what it was, is now a ramshackled, old, run-down kind of thing. But they use it anyways. Nurse the other female fox to health, and then setting that fox loose, they they well, they 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 nurse her back. I, I should say. We see now that this tale has been told to Lord Noriyuki by Tomoyame, and as they're finishing up the tale, uh, they're you know finishing up some of the finer points. Why do you think that fox came to your aid? Lord Noriyuki asks. Uh, Tomoe says, Who can fathom the mind of such a creature? Perhaps she was grateful to us for saving her life. Well, how is she? He asks. Her injuries were not as bad as we first thought. She's fully recovered. And Noriyuki asks, And where's Usaki now? Tomoe says, He said he had to say goodbye to a friend. And on the final panel, we see Usagi waving goodbye to the female fox as it scampers off with... Lord Noriyuki's faithful sidekick dog here, Koro, uh, the puppy, next to him. And that is our last Fantagraphics Usagi tale of any length. Now next up, for the next 16 episodes, we have the Volume 2 Usagi, which will be the Mirage run. All 16 of these issues were... uh, originally published in color not that that matters on the podcast but just letting you guys know uh, these first non-fantagraphics and fantagraphics volume books were in black and white the mirage is in color and then after the mirage books uh, which as i said will be about 16 episodes give or take uh, maybe more like you know 15 to 20 total we will then turn our attention to the third and so far final volume of Usagi, which is published by Dark Horse. That will take us through to late spring, early summer next year uh, when we get into the Dark Horse books, just to give you guys a heads up. And that Dark Horse run has been rather lengthy. We are expecting issue 145 from that, I believe, next month. Or, yeah, in April. Well, April as I record this. Uh, It's hard to say when this will come out. But in April of 2015, I believe, is when issue 145 comes out, which is the return of Usagi from a three-year, almost-to-the-date hiatus that he's been on, as Mr. Sakai has done other projects. So, next episode is Usagi Yojimbo Volume 2, Issue 1 from Mirage Publishing, cover dated March 1993. Two stories in that. One involves Usagi directly, Shades of Green. The other does not involve Usagi directly at all at all entitled Jizo, but it is an interesting uh, story having flipped through it a little bit nonetheless. 
Thanks, guys. And we will see you next time as we start Volume 2 of Usagi the Mirage Run. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.